invites us to mourn over our sins in repentance, right? right? So there is a kind of mournful aspect to Lent, right? We wear the color purple and we practice disciplines and so forth. But this is actually an event over which the angels are rejoicing, right? When we repent of our sins and we turn toward the Lord, this is not a moment of despair, but a moment of hope. Welcome to Faith and Culture, a production of the Augustan Institute. Every week, we explore the glory of the Catholic faith and the beauty of Catholic culture. And now, here's the host of Faith and Culture, Joseph Pierce. Hello, and welcome to another Faith and Culture podcast with the Augustan Institute. I'm your host, Joseph Pierce. I'm delighted to have with me today a returning guest, my good friend and my colleague here at the Augustine Institute, Mark Gischeck. Welcome, Mark. Oh, it's great to be with you, Joseph. And Mark is an associate professor of scriptural theology. Is that yeah, right? sacred, sacred scripture. Sacred scripture yeah. uh, here at the Augustine Institute's graduate program in theology. So it's appropriate that at least this time I know from experience that you, Mark, can speak on all sorts of things from uh, <laughs> from. Uh, uh, deep, the deepest theology through the most tasty cocktails. So uh, uh, that <laughs> right, being but my so, specialty is Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so what? What actually? What? What spirits are, are involved in the making of an Old Testament? Then exactly. <laughs> uh, that might be a question for another time. But <laughs> I think it should be one you should be working on anyway. Okay. Um, I'll come up with a concoction. No problem. <laughs> But uh, we will be uh, discussing, I said, Mark, Mark uh, Gischeck is more than capable of speaking on a multitude of, of topics, but his, his speciality is, of course, sacred scripture, scriptural theology. And uh, that will be our basis today as we discuss the season in which we find ourselves, uh, the season of Lent. And we're going to be discussing joy in Lent. Now, I, I love that as a love of Chesterton and paradox, because yeah. obviously when we say our rosary, when we think of the joyful mysteries, we think of Christmas sure. and uh, the things associated with Christmas, the birth of Christ, and then obviously uh, Easter and uh, the Ascension is glorious mysteries. Mm-hmm. But when we start thinking about suffering and death and crucifixion, uh, obviously we all think about the sorrowful mysteries. So probably you know, the, we, we, we think about Lent as being sorrowful, not as being joyful. So I love the, love, love the paradox there. So in what sense... Should we be joyful in Lent? Yeah, well, I mean, and this is this is a, a sort of conundrum for us, right? In that, uh, if you think about the practice of repentance in the Bible, it's very much paired with the practice of mourning. So, if you're in the Old Testament and your father dies, or something terrible happens, right? You might might find yourself in mourning, like David, uh, or like Job. So, what do people do when they're mourning? Right? They stop eating. Uh, they wear sackcloth, uh, they weep, uh, they might cover their heads in ashes, or even in the prophets we find people rolling in the dust. Um, these practices that sort of um, eschew the, the kind of brightness and happiness of humanity and, and human life and really bring life back to its most simple, basic form connected the earth, to the earth, right? One of, one of my 
favorite practices in this regard is if you're a, a you know real serious Orthodox Jew, if one of your family members dies, you don't leave your house for seven days. You just stay put in your house for seven wow. days. People will come and visit you and talk right. with you, uh, but it's a time of, of mourning. And there's something about those times of mourning that brings you to a kind of stillness. And so Lent invites us to mourn over our sins, right, in repentance, right. right? So there is a kind of mournful aspect to Lent, right? We wear the color purple, right, of repentance, and we practice disciplines and so forth. And then they lead up to the glorious joy of Easter and feasting and so forth. But I think we make a mistake often uh, when we consider Lent totally as a season of sorrow, right? And it's, I think it's actually pretty basic, right, that, that, that when we eschew the things of the world in order to pursue God, this is actually an event over which the angels are rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Right? When we repent of our sins and we turn toward the Lord, this is not a moment of despair, but a moment of hope. Right. And so when I, when I say joy in Lent and that we need to remind ourselves that in a certain sense, Lent is a joyful season, it's not that we shouldn't be mourning over our sins. It's that mourning over our sins and uh, repenting of our sins actually is oriented toward the joy of union with God. Okay, so perhaps in order to understand this deeper, then we need to maybe get back to the meaning of the word joy because, uh, you know, joy in this sense is not jollity, right? It's not joviality. Right. So these other words that perhaps are sometimes seen as being uh, synonymous with joy, clearly we, we are distinguishing between uh, the joy that we're now speaking of as the joy in Lent and this more jovial, rambunctious way of enjoying ourselves, right? Right, right. So um, how, how would you explain well, that? How, how, how can we ha- have this joy without this sort of the jollity? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's the distinction that St. Paul makes between walking in the flesh versus walking in the spirit. Right. When we're walking in the flesh, we're devoted to the things of the flesh, he says. And when we're walking in the spirit, we're devoted to the things of the spirit. So the, di- the, the distinction would be, I think oftentimes we um, live out our spirituality as if it is a, a kind of sentimentality, a kind of cultural program, if you will, rather than a true, authentic relationship with God. But when we enter into real spirituality, right, that has very little to do with, uh, how do you put this, cultural programs, right? But really has to do with an, uh, a spiritual, invisible relationship with, with God, then all of those kind of cultural aspects of, of the faith start to, start to fall away, I think, right? And we, and we really deeply enter into his, his love for us and our love for him. So, I mean, maybe one way to think about it is um, uh, that when we fast and pray and give alms and repent of our sins, we become exactly who Jesus wants us to be. It's right? cer- it's certainly true that for insofar as we authentically undertake the penitential season uh, uh, and the disciplines thereof, that we do feel closer to God. And insofar as we feel closer to God, we do actually feel happier. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. that's and, that, and that's that's the paradox. But 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 again, staying with the paradox, sure. uh, maybe even the tension. You you, sure. you you quote some Paul. You know, when, when you're walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh, is is it always wrong to walk in the flesh? <laughs> well, 
I think uh, I think he would say so, right? Um, <laughs> in a, yeah, in the context in which he's using, yeah. it, particularly in that in, yeah. in that no, passage. But yes. you're right that the, because we're creatures that have both souls and bodies, right? There's an appropriateness to uh, indulging the body on some occasions, right? Uh, so we of, are meant to happiness. Instance, we right? are meant to live so, in the flesh, not in the Pauline sense, obviously. No, but it would but, be you know on Easter Sunday. It would for be uh, inappropriate, right, to attend your daughter's wedding and and not to eat any of the food, right? Right, that would be bizarre or, and or, weird or, 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 and awkward, right? Or, or Although you could imagine St. Thomas More or somebody I, I, doing this. Right? I would also <laughs> imagine quite a few fathers are giving their daughters away in, 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 in feeling as if they're wearing sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you're right. Okay, so there is some sort of correspondence toward um, uh, between bodily indulgence and a spiritual joy. But if but if we think about it on the spiritual level, when we are living that life of penitence, living a life of devotion to God, that's actually our truest joy, right? Is to is to enter in more deeply to the mystery of what it means to be a Christian and, yeah, and to partake of the heavenly banquet. Yes and no, and I hope I'm not playing devil's advocate no, it's great. here. Please. But, but well, you know, the point is we are meant to be, I mean, insofar as we're walking the Via Dolorosa, all right, we are still meant to be living in the hope of the enjoyment of heaven. Yeah. Uh, in other words, as we walk through the season of Lent, we are waiting expectantly and joyfully for the coming of Easter. And when Easter Sunday comes, and of course, if all we're interested in Easter Sunday is, is eating all our favorite food and, and drinking our favorite <laughs> beverages, then perhaps we're not really keeping with the spirit of the season. But but certainly part of the rejoicing in the resurrection is, if you like, indulging in the healthy appetites which is you know that we are food and drinks part and parcel of our very fabric of our of our worship so there, there's a place for these things right so so the, the point is it's the uh, how, how do we how do we get the balance and why is the balance important and why during lent is our joy in lent distinct from but nonetheless connected to that different sort of joy if indeed it is a different sort of joy it, it, it we get at easter yes well i think it's a continuum Right, that the the kind of joy that we achieve through, say, growth in virtue, growth in union with God, growth in prayer, is on a continuum with the the joy of Easter and celebration, right? And that the the cultural aspects of, say, refraining from food or or indulging in food are really secondary to the spiritual aspect, right? That my soul, hopefully, through the practice of fasting, almsgiving, and prayer, is growing in relationship with God and growing in love and growing in hope and growing in faith. And that as I grow in all of the virtues and grow closer to him, right, then my celebration of Easter will be more authentic. Right. And, and more, also, and, and, and more and, truly and, realized. And I think there is an incarnational and in, in, in a flesh sense, uh, in the sense that insofar as we have been diligent in our fasting, yes, our feasting, is that much more enjoyable? Right. I mean, if you have not had a fermented or distilled beverage since uh, Shrove Tuesday, yeah. the first one on Easter Sunday is very special. Sure. Whereas if you've just given up maybe on Sundays, uh, right. you know, right. oh, sorry, no, you, you, you give up yourself. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yourself yeah. on Sundays. Yeah, it's not going to be quite the same, right? Because right. the last time you had a drink was the previous Sunday. It wasn't, sure, it wasn't sure. six weeks ago, okay? So, I mean, so there is a connection really insofar, insofar as we actually mortify ourselves. There is... There's a reward, yes, in actual fact, for that mortification, yes. which is actually even physically pleasant. Yes, I mean maybe another way to think about it is in terms of uh, 
like weight loss, right? Or if you think of you know somebody who's 500 pounds and morbidly obese and has all of these health problems, and then finally they find the right plan or program or doctor that helps them to start to, to lose that weight, right? And they, and they start shrinking, you know, from 500 pounds to 400 to 300 or whatever. And uh, there's something really exciting about that, right? Something very beautiful about it where before their life was characterized by all of these negative dimensions, right? right. A lack of health and lack of energy and, and all of these difficulties. And, the, and, presumably, right? and probably the non-enjoyment of food because, sure. because it is an addict's relationship with, right. with the thing, right? And then, and then once they find that, that program and it starts to work for them, it's, it's, a, it's almost as if they've, they've come to realize like, like who I really am or, or who I really should be, right? Uh, and it's reflected in the change of their body. Right. Um, and I think that something like that is what I'm talking about with our souls, right? right? right. That, that we might arrive at Ash Wednesday with a lot of baggage, right? Or a lot of, I don't know, uh, extra, uh, you know, problems, right, that have accrued over the past right. year. Bad right? habits we've got into, basically. Sure. Or our habits of neglect. Yes. You know, uh, sins of omission. Yes. Um, uh, and that there, there's an opportunity in Lent to sort of shed those things, right, and, and streamline and get back to basics and ad- adopt a kind of perspective of who I really am in Christ and what I'm called to do. And I, I actually like the analogy you made there of a a physical diet of food because you yeah. know those people that have gone on diets um, will know that the hardest part of a diet is the first few days sure and the reason for that is because we are actually physically addicted it's, it's the sugar right sure. we're physically addicted to the carbohydrates and the sugars because that's our body wants it not for nutrition right. but because of an, an addiction right so in the beginning it's tough and then once we go through the cold turkey we actually yeah. have a much healthier appetite yes. and I think the same sort of thing does happen when we fast uh, in, in terms of the spirit in yes. prayerfully a, a yes. period of mortification and penance is that it's hard at first but if we actually persevere you know the second wheel of Lent is actually we, we actually do get that joy that we're talking about that yes. maybe not there the first few days because we feel miserable because we're, sure. we're sure. not we're doing things we don't want to do or not doing things we want to do uh, but then the second week we realize we've actually we, we, we're now in a, a place which is a good place to be where we're not normally because we don't make the effort to get there. Right. And, 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 that, and that place, right, uh, is a result of a physical ab- abstaining from food, right? right, but also abstaining from, say, indulgence in media and distraction right. and other sorts of things, right? And it allows us to be spiritually focused. Yeah, and find space uh, and silence for prayer yes. and spiritual reading that gets squeezed out the rest of the year. Right. You, you basically you squeeze other things out. So you can find the space for it. And then you realize, why is it that I'm not finding this much time all the time because I feel much better when I do, right? Right, right. right. Yeah, Yeah, so taking time during Lent for prayer and Bible reading and maybe attending daily Mass sometimes, having times of silence and reflection, maybe putting the smartphone down and not using it so much. These can be really valuable things for us uh, to get spiritually focused, right, on what matters most. Well, Mark Gischek, this has been a joy, appropriate enough, because we've been discussing joy in Lent. And, and I hope that it's led, it certainly led me to, to, to ponder these things. And I hope it's led those listening to the Faith and Culture podcast to ponder the fact that we're in the midst of Lent, uh, the season of, of, of penance, but it's also a season of joy. It's not, it's not just the joy of Christmas and the joy of Easter, it's also the joy of Lent. Yeah. Mark Gischek, thanks so much for, for joining. Thanks for having me. And this has been a Faith and Culture podcast of the Gus Institute. I have been your host, Joseph Pierce. Thanks so much for joining me. 
please do join me next time. Until then, goodbye and God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Faith and Culture with Joseph Pierce. Faith and Culture is a production of the Augustine Institute. For more information, please visit us at faithandculture.com.